Welcome to the Do Hard Things podcast with your host, Jay Teagues. Are you ready to amplify and improve your life? Then you're in the right place. On this podcast, we have unfiltered conversations with inspiring people who take on challenges and are here to share with us their wisdom from their journey. We talk about how doing hard things enable all of us to adequately deal with life struggles and challenges and to ultimately improve the quality of our lives. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Do Hard Things podcast. I'm your host, JT, Certified High Performance Coach, Transformational Mindset Coach. And in this episode, I am taking you with me on yet again another epic adventure. It was the Ragnar Bourbon Chase Road Relay. So we were part of Team Odlaw Outlaws from the Ragnar Bourbon Chase Relay, which was from Claremont to Lexington, Kentucky, That happened on October 15th and 16th of 2021. The Kentucky Bourbon, this is basically located on the Kentucky Bourbon Trail. And what the Kentucky Bourbon Trail is, it's a collection of bourbon and whiskey distilleries located in Kentucky. And the trail features 37 different distilleries. This started in 1999 as a way to bring tourism to Kentucky. We all have heard about Kentucky Bourbon, right? So this is the area, this very beautiful horse country It is absolutely stunningly beautiful out there. This is where all the distilleries are, and the relay was out in that location. Ragnar is a relay. It's a running event in which teams of 12 crazy people run roughly 200 miles total from point A to point B on city streets, country roads, sidewalks, bike paths. The teams run day and night, and they just basically we have this RFID uh, wristband that we handed off. And it's a, it's a nonstop event from point A to point B. And we're, it's basically two teams of six. We're, we're all on one team. So it's a team of 12, but we're broken up into two vans. So we had a 15-pack van. A lot of people use 15-pack vans. Uh, other, uh, we, also, we also had a Suburban. So, but you need six in each vehicle. And basically, it's kind of like a leapfrog event. Those six runners in that vehicle will just kind of pass off the baton to one another And then the other, basically the other van will come up. It's almost like shift work and then continue the relay. And you do that essentially three, three different times. And so each teammate runs three separate legs during the race and there's some downtime in between, but we're running all hours of the night. And in this particular event, there were some thunderstorms and it was crazy. And it took us approximately just under, just shy of 30 hours. And basically what this podcast is, it's a recap of our experiences. So you're basically, you're, you're going to hear me with my camera where uh, the, the first half of the podcast is going to be, we're all eating at a restaurant and I'm asking my teammates, you know, you know, basically just a, a handful of questions like why, what compels you to want to hop into a van and go do this type of an event? Cause this is a difficult task. You could do any plethora of things on the weekend, but you're, you know, we decided to cram into a van and do this very difficult thing with very limited sleep and thunderstorms. Why, why do we do these things? What was the most difficult moment? What lessons learned from this could you apply to your day-to-day life? And what equipment do you wish that you would have brought? So what I love about this is that you hear uh, from my awesome group of friends, their perspective about the race itself and then, you know, why they, why they do these things. And, and my 12 friends, some of them are affiliated with the military. Some of them are spouses. 
Some of them, I mean, there's from various walks of life. You'll hear from our team captain, Angie, who's awesome. And she put this event together about, you know, why she does this. And one of the most compelling things about Angie was not long ago, uh, she weighed 300 pounds. She could never do this. And now she's out here getting after it and, and putting this team event together. So this is a phenomenal group of people. And you're going to hear, like I said, I, I apologize for the background noise. I mean, like I said, this is with, uh, we were mobile. So this is with my, my camera. So you're going to hear a lot of ambient noises. I did the best I could with the, the audio that I have. But um, so bear with me. Also, uh, because we're out in our element, there are a lot of uh, colorful language. So if you're at work or you have some littles around, you may want to uh, you just be cognizant of that, that we, we definitely let our, our potty mouths uh, unleash there. So, but, uh, it, great conversation. If you're considering doing a Ragnar or any other type of, of event, this is, this is why we do those difficult things. And something I want you to think about before we get into the interview is I've talked about this before, but you, but as you listen to everyone talk, we talk about the meaning of life and I've talked about, you know, if you, a man's search for meaning, there are basically three things in life that make us you know, what is the purpose of life? So the first one is the the feelings of feeling alive. What makes you feel alive? And what I love about events like this is that you're on this journey. You're not thinking about anything else but the task at hand. And you're so engrossed. You're going to hear us talk about like, uh, what night was it? The second, there's only one night. This is like an overnight event, but it felt like two nights. So that, that just kind of tells you like how engrossed that we were in this particular event. And, but the bottom line is when you're doing an event like this, like why would you go out and, and, and punish yourself like this or put yourself through this? What I love about it is you feel every single emotion. You feel elated. You feel joy. You also feel miserable. You're, you're going to hear us talk about our low points as well. And you experience the broad spectrum of human emotion in a 30-hour period of time. And so one of the things that uh, in a man's search for meaning is it's the feeling of of being alive. What are those emotions? That's what I love about this event is that you feel every aspect of emotion, the good and the bad. It's having deep connection with other people. And when you're on a journey like this, you're relying on one another to get through this adventure. So, and all of our friendships are far, uh, they're far more enriched because we have the shared experience like everyone that got into the, that, that participated in this event, we've been talking about this is like, we have a far, we, we learned so much more about each other because we were experiencing this incredible challenge when you're tired and hungry. And when you're trying to, I mean, we're, we're getting naked in front of each other because we're trying to change or we're going to the bathroom and you're doing all these things that you wouldn't typically do in a day-to-day -day basis. You know, uh, you experience things on a deeper level and you get to know you have to rely on one another to get through this event. So you have that deeper sense of connection. And then finally, it's having a meaningful pursuit. It's doing that difficult challenge, pushing through it and seeing it through to the end makes you feel really accomplished. And when you have balance in your life, those feelings of feeling alive, connection and that meaningful pursuit, that's where you grow. And that's where you find that enduring happiness. And what I appreciate about this event, as, in, as you listen to everyone, just think about those things. Think about the person that's talking about the, the emotion, about feeling alive, the deep connection to their teammate, and then the, the meaningful pursuit and how they were challenged and pushed and how they overcame that. 
And that's why I love these events is because you feel all of those experiences and it creates that deep, enduring happiness in one single event. And that is the purpose of life. That is what Viktor Frankl was talking about in his book. And that's why everyone that experienced this together, is we're all still on a high from this. And it's awesome. So I want to share this with you. Before we get into the interview, I want you to smash that subscribe button. Don't just like it. I want you to smash that subscribe button so you get notified of future episodes of the Do Hard Things podcast. Getting so much tremendous feedback. People are sharing this thing. And uh, this is episode 40, so we're just getting started. And so I'm excited about the, uh, the future of the podcast. I would also please leave a review so we can expand the, uh, the reach of this. I think as of, uh, as of this recording, we're at 30 plus five-star reviews. I read all of them. Yes, they're a little bit of a pain to get into. Apple is the only one that holds them, but it would mean a lot to me if you've gained any value to go in and please leave a review because it does make a significant difference to our ex- growth and expansion. And let's face it, there's so much negativity in the world that this is, a, this is just another platform where we're trying to motivate and inspire people to live a better life and more people need to hear this. And also share this with two of your friends. There's no doubt that you know some people that are probably consuming way too much negative content and that this could inspire someone to maybe get off the couch and take control of their life or maybe it'll inspire some group of runners to go do a Ragnar and, and, and have that same uh, bond with one another that, that we experienced. And uh, yeah, that's it. So uh, once again, apologize for the, the audio quality. You're going to hear a lot of background noises. You might hear some F-bombs, but you're going to hear 12 amazing people share their Ragnar experience. And uh, yeah, so without further ado, let's get into... Oh, one more thing. If you like this, this uh, podcast is sponsored by jtigs.com in the Forge. If you're looking to go a little bit deeper, you want to advance your personal growth and development, you want to do some one-on-one coaching, I'm available. If you want to do some group coaching, you can apply for that. And also, if you didn't know this, I don't talk about this much on this podcast, but I'm also a running coach. And if you've heard the the, the beginning uh, trailer episode, you know, why do I continue to run? It ultimately saved my life. And it was my mantra of doing hard things that enabled me to get through a broken childhood, have a successful military career. And, you know, when I wanted to tap out of life and it's ended all, that mantra of do hard things enabled me to overcome that. And I attribute that back to running, my, my cross-country coach. So if you're someone that is a runner and you want to get a little bit better, maybe you're a busy professional that doesn't have enough time and you're tired of being injured, or maybe you're not a runner, but you'd like to maybe try a Ragnar event, reach out to me. I would love to be your running coach. So now let's get into today's episode, the Odlaw Outlaws taking on Ragnar Bourbon Chase 2021. Here we go. Sherry, why do you Ragnar? Why not? <laughs> Nothing was on the calendar for this weekend, so I'm in. Yeah, but why do you do these difficult things? When you tell someone you're going to hop in a van with 12 people and run 200 miles across Kentucky, hours away from your home, why, why do you do it? Because I can. Because one day I will not be able to. That's why. Yeah? Yep. Mm. That's good stuff right there. Yep. Yeah. Why else? That's it. Why, why do you like to suffer? Um, Sherry just finished. She's been training for an Ironman. A Iron bunch Man. of issues. You probably train <laughs> really harder don't. than any of us here. You you like, you like are the most dedicated in training. Why do you do it? Uh, it's actually to justify why I eat. And it's a form of punishment for me. Is yours good? Yeah. Yep. I'm if you want honesty, that's it. 
I mean, it's. Have it's, you done a Ragnar before? No. What uh, What did you think about this experience? I liked it. Yeah. What was the most challenging moment? I like it. Um, relying on other people. Yep. Yeah, having to be in a van, stuck with people, and you're relying on them to get you from point A to point B. That's not really, it's just um, I'm not a good team sports person. I like to do it all on myself, so if there's someone to blame, it's me. Yeah? Yeah. What surprised you about this event? Going into this thing, thinking, you know, we all have a, we all thought how the event would unfold, but what, what surprised you or what stood out to you? Nothing. I didn't have any grand expectations. Yeah? Yeah. Did you have fun? I did. What piece of advice would you give someone that's thinking about doing it? Do it. Just do it? Yeah. Just do it! You are a woman of many words. (laughs) (laughs) So, I have our team captain here, Angie. Hi, why did you corral us all together to do this Ragnar? Because I did Ragnar for the first time two years ago, and I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And it sounds, it, it, it sounded kind of horrid when, when I thought about being in a vehicle with six out of five other people for, I don't know, 30 something hours and being gross and sweaty and tired and running. But it was the best fucking time of my entire fucking life. Like it was so much fucking fun to just, and, and when I did this Ragnar for the first time, I barely knew one people, one person in the van, and I had only met another person in the van a couple times. No one else, I didn't know anyone, the other five people, or the other three people. And so, it could have went sideways really quick. But everyone worked together, everyone was fun, they made it a great experience, and just the teamwork and camaraderie and just everything about it was fucking amazing. And I wanted to share that with you guys. I'm so glad you said yes. We were talking about that on the van right up here, because like Amy was new to the group, and then you know we had Tony as a last minute, like pretty brave to just Mm -hmm. jump in, knowing that you're gonna be stuck with these people. And, and they all said the same thing. They were expecting us being like a bunch of like from military community that we were, we were going to be just like mm-hmm. racing and just they didn't think that they were going to meet expectations. So that was one of their concerns. But really? They got a part of the team. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, this is like really chill. Everyone's here to support each other. Mm-hmm. The team dynamic is incredibly important. Having the right people on the team. Because we saw, yeah. like Lacey was talking about the girl that was just like, F you, F you, you're cool, F you. Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot of teams experience that. I've been on like other events where you don't have the right people. Like, yeah. It can ruin the whole experience. For sure. Yeah. So. No, and that's why I wanted it. I wanted it. I'm in it for the fun. I couldn't do this two years ago because I was almost 300 fucking pounds. So I couldn't, there were so many things I couldn't do that now I just want to do everything. And when it's so fun and and it connects people and brings people together, I just want to share it with everybody and I want to do it with everybody. So yeah, it was great. And we're already planning our next one. So. Yeah, we're talking about that. We already had like, we were like three different Ragnars and like the text messaging coming in and all that. So we're yeah. all like already planning the next one. Yeah, for sure. What lessons from doing these events could be applied to your day-to-day life? Um, organization, I think, is, is you don't have to be a militant, strict organized, but um, I think you do have to have some type of plan, and you have to be organized to make things run smoothly. I mean, there are some things, you know, I waited to the last minute on, like uh, the morning of, how are we getting to the car dealership? But that wasn't a big thing to me. You know what I mean? So I think just... Uh, being organized is yeah. something that you can apply that really helps in everyday life and it helps with this. 
Yeah, being the team captain, trying to corral 12 people that all have like lives and careers and everything else, and you're trying to herd all mm -hmm. of the cats. Mm -hmm. You did a great job. Oh, thanks. I, I appreciate that. that. I know there were times that we frustrated you because we're like, we didn't read everything. Yeah, I didn't read anything. Like, did you read that? No. Yep. I don't even. And then every time we would meet, you guys would be like, well, what, what day are we doing this again? I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. Did you guys even take off work? Are you guys going to show up? Like, what the fuck? But and I knew in the back of my mind, I'm like, it'll all work out just because my only goal was to keep you all alive. Like, that was it. My only goal. And you all stayed alive. And we had fun. What was the most difficult moment for you during the race? The most difficult moment for me was... Oh, I don't think I had it. I mean, I really didn't have difficult moments because I thoroughly enjoyed every fucking aspect of it. Even the exhaustion. Even being cramped in the van. Um, even not being able to find things, you know, when I wanted it. So for... I would say it was very hard to run the third leg being so tired, even though it was a short leg. I had to keep telling myself, um, hey, don't stop, because I, I, I didn't want to, for myself, my goal was not to walk it. And it was, you know, I train a lot doing intervals. But because my legs were so short, I wanted to run every single leg. And so on that last one, even though it was, I thought I was only doing 2.2 miles, but then when I got, when my watch said I'd already done two miles or so, or whatever, and I was like, one mile left, I'm like, holy shit, what, what happened? But I wanted to stop and walk, even though it wasn't very hilly. But, you know, I just kept saying, you know what? What what did Goggins say? When you're ready to give up, you've got another 80% left in the tank. Just fucking do it. Just keep fucking going. It's almost over. So, I guess, be that third tired ass leg. Yeah. That, that's the most challenging thing. It's not just a run. It's it's all the logistics involved. It's the, we had really poor weather. It's the sleep deprivation. Yeah. It's the unknowns. Mm -hmm. we, all, we all had challenges that we had to push through. Yeah. What advice would you give someone that's thinking about doing a Ragnar? I would say my advice for anyone doing a Ragnar would be to, to be flexible. To um, be flexible and use a lot of grace. And, and if you know someone is a dick, don't have them on your team. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you, you really... Sometimes you can't, like, our, our, Tony could have been a dick and we wouldn't have really, you know what I'm saying? Like, we wouldn't have known. Uh, well, Craig wouldn't have invited him in. But, you know, pick your team wisely and be very flexible. That's my best advice. Yeah. It's having patience. Yeah, right? a lot of patience. At, at any point in the race, like, people's patience. I mean, we talked about it earlier. When you guys came up, I had three hours of nonstop, and I'm like, I need some space right now. Yeah. yeah. But I, I removed myself, and I was like, and you guys gave me some space, yeah. and we're all good. Next yeah. morning, I yeah. apologize, and we're all good to go. It doesn't even require an apology. Yeah, it didn't require an apology. But, you know, everyone is tested, but, like, we saw that girl, like, F you, F you, and it, I just... So that's, like, legit? Was the, somebody was saying that yeah, to their team member? Yeah, team. Like, just cussing them out, and the guy's, like, sitting there, like, drinking. And it was, like, halfway... Half, like that's they still, bullshit. They're at the halfway point, so how is that dynamic the rest of the... You know, yeah, that's, that's cool, bullshit to you know? me. Need space and respect one another. Yeah. That was the thing. We're cramped in. We're in uncomfortable. That, that was probably my biggest fear is like the weather conditions weren't optimal. We were all cramped. I'm an introvert naturally. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be sleep deprived. There's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of stresses there. Mm -hmm. How's that team dynamic? The team dynamic is critical. Yeah. 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 Rosie, what's that? Why do you do this? <laughs> um, I'm not sure. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I'm not know sure. Why she did it. She did it because she thought we were cool. Um, I do love to run. It is a great group of people. I always said I would never do one because I was so afraid of sleep. But then I also thought, so afraid of the lack of sleep. Excuse me. I also thought, though, um, what a great group of people. <laughs> why not try? 
What's the worst that can happen? You go out, it sucks, you don't do it again. You go out, it's awesome. And you can't wait to freaking do it again. And you sign up again, absolutely. What was the highlight for you? Um, the suck factor wasn't as bad as I thought it was gonna be. I really had it drummed up in my head like this is really just going to suck. You just gotta gut it out, run your legs, call it a day. It was, the suck factor was not as high as I thought it was gonna be. Um, the people, obviously, that you are with make it huge. Um, they said, what are they, how do they say you, you're the sum of the five yeah, the people average, you surround yeah, yourself? Yeah, or the, the average of? The most time with. Yeah. Well, we are the average of what are these other 11 people who are all pretty badass people. So, yeah, solid team for sure. It's good stuff. What was your most challenging moment? <laughs> um, I think I'm kind of like you in the introvert aspect of it. I'm a pretty outgoing person, but naturally introverted um, personalities yeah. and just knowing the one to kind of retreat and take yeah. a minute for yourself and get your mind right and attitude back in the uh, upward swing and yeah. regroup regroup when you're running on that little sleep your, te- your patients are tested a little bit absolutely what advice would you give someone thinking about doing a rag now and taking this on do it do it just do, do it. it yeah just do it honestly why, um, why miss out on the fun? What's the yeah. worst that can happen? You do it and it sucks. You don't do it again. Absolutely. Or you do it and it's badass and you sign back up. What piece of equipment was key for you? What is something you wish mm. you would have brought? Yeah. Key equipment was the dry running shoes. Definitely bring more than one pair because when the conditions are not perfect. Did you only have one? No, I brought two. Oh, okay. But I can't imagine had I not. It would have been a long, miserable yeah. other two legs because my shoes were wet in the first leg. I got blisters on that second uh-huh. run uh, from, from the shoes, so I'm glad I had an extra. Um, shoes and maybe just weather gear, raincoat if you need it, whatever. So you just don't know what the you don't know what old Mother Nature is going to throw at you. Well, I'm glad you're part of the team. I was glad to be part of the team. It was a good time. It's a good time. <laughs> Anastasia, you're probably the most introverted person here. Why no, would you? No. Why would you throw? Drew is. I, I Drew am. could be. No, I think Drew's not on me definitely. Yeah. I can be, but I'm not super quiet all the time. What was the, the most challenging moment for you? You said chicken spicy. You know, I don't I don't think that it was super challenging for me, but I didn't do my second leg. I had the headache, and then I let Sherry do my longer do my do my middle leg because it was longer, and then with the lightning and everything, and, and I wanted to let Lacey run, because I know Lacey's more serious than I am. So, Sorry. so no, you're, no, you're totally fine. That was totally fine with me, though. Like, I was I was just here to have a good time and run with people who like to run, and that's what I got to do. So I don't know that there was anything super challenging for me. I asked if you do it again, but you've already signed up for uh, another one, so. Hell yeah. We're doing a trail, we're doing a trail run this time, though, so. I'm excited. Like, it's nice to be around runners who enjoy it, but who aren't assholes. Because I've I've been involved with like groups of running people who were competitive with each other, and not in a nice way, not in a fun. It was a I'm going to be better than you, and too fucking bad, and I'm going to be an asshole about it. So this group of people, like, I know some of y'all are. I know really. I know all eleven of y'all are faster than I am but I'm fine with it and you don't treat me like shit because I'm the one who's a little bit slower than everybody else 
Yeah. So it's nice. Like like Amy and Tony were saying, coming in this group, that they didn't know a lot of the people. Like, they were worried about that, but that wasn't. We have some fast people here, but no one really cared. I right. It was just about experiencing the event together and having a good time and. Yeah, cheer mm-hmm. each other on this one. Well, and I ended yeah, up running faster anyway. And whatnot, but no one was like, Mm-mm. I think we all beat ourselves up more than anything yeah, about our own times more than anyone else. Yeah. I was apologizing coming yourself. off the third, yeah, the third yeah. bike because I had lost some positions. Yeah, don't give us a No. Did you have fun? How was it in the Suburban? Would you take a Suburban for this vi- as a vehicle again? So, I was never in the back, so I'd be the wrong person to ask. I was either driving or TCing. Um, I know Steph was able to stretch out in the back seat multiple times and take a nap. Uh, yes, so. I was. But you'd have to ask everybody else in the suburban, not me. I'll say, I, Rebecca. I'll say, yeah. the tall people, Hi. I think, struggle more in that suburban than anybody else. Like, it wasn't bad for me because I was shorter. Yeah. Um, but I think I like the word free on certain things, and it made it more cost effective. We were The only thing we said we might have done a little bit different is uh, some of the storage parts we may have changed like I think there was one that did uh, rubber made like drawers if we could have done like all of our Running race stuff. one yeah. in these drawers like leg two so everything was set out I think that would have made a difference because where we had a hard time is we would have to un-tetris and re-tetris <laughs> and I'm a good tetris queen so yeah. it all fit <laughs> reminds me of when I'm going on a road trip with my wife and the kids you know, we, we don't want to unpack our entire suitcase just yep. to go into the hotel. Mm-hmm. So we always unpack, uh, we pack a stop one, yeah. stop two. So when we go into the hotel, we only have to Grab drag a, bag. It it's so a small convenient. bag yeah. you know, and the hygiene kit, yep. and that's it. So all the suitcases don't get all just yeah. torn yeah. apart. So that's that same concept. I like Having that. good packing strategy and less is more because there's yes. less stuff you got to dig through. You know, ziplocking your individual Your ziplocking was really good. Like, that helped me so much. My ziplocking. Something I learned to do in the army, and it really saved mm-hmm. a lot. Double waterproof everything. It's a pain to do it initially. It sucks. You know, it's just an extra step, but it does make it. Yep. Well, but it made too at the very end when you zip when you, my clothes were soaking wet. So at the end, to be able to put things in it and zip the bag and know that it's not going to get everything out like that yeah. was really helpful. Yeah. So Craig, what was? Uh, why would you volunteer your vehicle, drive a couple states away to go? Cram up and run. You don't even like to run. No, I don't. Why, why, why do you do this? <laughs> uh, I didn't see it. So I have friends that I allow to talk me into ridiculous things. Um, but no, it's a good time. Uh, I mean, I like everybody here and being able to spend time with my friends is always fun. Uh, and to me, I don't like running. I don't enjoy it at all. Um, but if I can do those things... He's a liar. He I can, if I can force to myself to do things that I don't enjoy, then... Mm-hmm other challenges is life is easy because I can yep. I can push through those things yeah so yeah it was it was it was a good time yeah it's developing that uh, that grip muscle yep <laughs> what was the most challenging moment for you well I had the hardest leg uh you did he had the ragnarok yeah, leg so the ragnarok it, leg was what 12.2 mile leg in the rain uh three big hills in it I also did it with a plate carrier so it sucked even worse um but choice you know yeah, it was by choice, but it was that was probably the toughest. But it was it was still a good time. That was my first one, so everything after that got shorter. So it was it wasn't too bad. For the record, for anyone that's <clears throat> listening to this, if you see Craig Horseman on the roster, just expect that the weather conditions are going to be atrocious. Because every time he runs, it is. Oh my gosh! Absolutely, that is right. He doesn't it's run, but when he does, the weather is going to be. Yeah. Maybe that's why you hate running so much. Because it may be. And if you see me, I'm not going to be wearing shorts. <laughs> if you see me on the course, I will not be wearing shorts. He wears his silkies. Yeah. Or he has those thigh huggers. Yeah. Yes. Those are the new 
Well, so, from your experiences, what, what lessons could you apply from this experience to your day-to-day -day life? Yep. Stay inside when it rains. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. There's, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes that I think carries over anything from, like we were talking about, even little stuff like packing for trips or, you know, working the grit muscle. And no matter what you're going through, it's going to end. There's going to be an end at some point in time. So just keep pushing and you'll be fine. You guys jumped in the snow. It's really good. Last winter. It's been a good time. It's been a good time. Okay. <laughs> Stephanie, why do you do these things? Because I really like my friends. Um, I, I am an extreme extrovert. And I really like to be with people. Uh, and I have FOMO. Let's be honest. I, I don't want to miss out on cool stuff. Um, I don't like to run either. I'm the other non-runner of the group. Um, but I really, in 2021, I wanted to pick things that challenge me in a way I'm not used to. And so when Angie said, let's do the bourbon chase, I was like, I'm in. Right? Like, I think it'll be fun. And then uh, I we were talking about in the van, like in the car, it was, this has probably been the most fun I've had just with people. Like I've got to learn so much about different people and spending time with people at home versus spending 36 hours in a van with people, you learn them on a whole different level. Um, and I think I appreciated that more than anything. Like I've got to learn people on such a deeper level that that's that connectivity piece for me. Yeah. So. What was the, what was the highlight of the race for you? Um, the scenery? I was gonna no because my my legs were not in the good scenery. I think for me, probably the best leg. Oh hell yeah! So I ran I ran in the dark, and I ran hungover as shit. I was really hungover when I started and went back to the van and slept in the back. Uh, and then I'm gonna be honest with you. Every time we had big exchanges where we were all together mm -hmm. and getting to see everybody come together and then be able to hand off, I think that was so re encouraging. Like. We were and we were all at different points. Like we had just woken up after Tony's second leg, and I could tell you guys were really tired and frustrated. But the fact that everybody was there, like I was re encouraged to go and do that second leg or my last leg. And then at the end, when we all met up again together, like that to me was so cool because we drove in separate vehicles, but then we all came back together and we got to see each other and finish together. And I think that was probably the highlight of my trips. I, I like the fact that we were using the WhatsApp application because we had communication between the vans there were other teams that were showing up and they didn't even know who the next runner was going to be or when they were going to be there we would always like mm -hmm. one mile out like hey this yep. person's yep. up yeah. i think that made it a whole lot better and i think it we had even though we weren't together like we were together like yep. yeah was, well, know, like, like i wake up like oh damn rebecca's out there i'm looking at the radar like, oh my god like she's you know and it, it was just even though that, that was the challenge of this event was that we were kind of separated but we were all still together right for carly <laughs> so what was your most challenging moment? Uh, my So my first leg was only challenging because I was hungover. That's <laughs> she self-inflicted. It was very self-inflicted. Um, honestly, my third leg was super challenging. Um, and it's only because it was at 3 o'clock in the morning. And so I had slept for two hours. And then I went outside and I had a tank top on. But then I was cold. So then Craig gave me a long sleeve, three-quarter zip. I put that on, took it from Tony and started running. And then I got hot. So I took it off. Well, once I started running it started to downpour. So there was, I could stop. I could not stop. If I stopped, I would freeze and it was pouring. There were crosswinds and I had no shoulder. And so you would just run through the bridge with your feet getting soaking wet and these cars would be coming right at you. And I think that was probably, when I was running, I was like, this is miserable. This one sucks because I saw the cars and that was one thing. Well, then I turned left onto the side road to finish my route to Rebecca and it was 
pitch black. There was no car in sight. There was no house in sight. And I was like, okay, God, I just want to yeah, finish. Like, let's just finish. Um, so I think that to me, like, that was my most challenging. That was my most challenging point. And I was very cold. And so at the end, it was like I got into the van or to the Suburban and Craig turned the heat up. And I just get given a blanket and I just shivered because I was trying to, like, warm my internal temperature up. But that last leg sucked. What advice would you give someone that's thinking about doing a Ragnar? Do it. It's an incredible experience, even for people that don't enjoy running. I Running is mentally challenging for me, but the experience to get to be with people and just so many positive people, too. And, like, people have fun. They go out of their way. Like, it's unforgettable. Like, I would just do it. Make the time. Put your finances aside for it and just make it happen because it's something that you're probably never going to ever forget. Yeah. I like what you said about you get to learn people on a whole different level because when you have the experiences of being tired, miserable, and cold and, and personalities come out, you don't see that when you're, you know, at Hoppers on a weeknight just drinking and talking about a bad day. Like, you're seeing a person for, like, who they, you see them at a different level. You don't normally get to see them. And they're, but you're right, though, like, they're, you know, Drew, getting to learn Drew. Drew didn't sleep damn near the entire time we went. Wow. He could not find a way to get comfortable in the gym. <clears throat> He would nap for maybe 15, 20 minutes at a time, but You're a beast. he was still just very like positive and encouraging. And like, it, that was, and it was so like, so this is Drew on a level where he's fully exhausted, but he's still there. He's still willing to get out of the van to run a water bottle back to Angie yeah. because <laughs> she forgot a water bottle. And she was like, I, she called and said, I really need water. Drew said, I got it. I'll be right back. And there he goes taking <laughs> off, even though you're exhausted. Like, it was so neat to be able to, like, be encouraging to one another and to learn people on that level. We, we had a rock star team, and I would definitely do a Ragnar or any other event with you guys because it was the team dynamic here was really cool. And, uh, it, was awesome. it was so fun. Mm -hmm. What else? Anyone else want to talk about? Ragnar, lessons learned, takeaways? Definitely do Kentucky because it's fucking gorgeous. Kentucky is beautiful. Yeah. It was gorgeous. I have... Yes. Never run a course that beautiful ever. Yeah. Thank you, Craig. <laughs> I definitely were talking about we talked about that too, Jay. Like we were talking Anastasia had a beautiful, beautiful race time and so did Drew. <clears throat> Drew ran through beautiful. I did not get to experience that because I ran in the night. My second one was through a park and along a highway. And then I ran again at the night. Yeah. So we talked about just some of these legs were beautiful. And some of them were kind of not so, like, you just kind of ran. So I'm super glad that we had some that were able to run through, like, that beautiful countryside. Because uh, I had a lot of dead animals. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there were a lot of dead raccoons, possums. I can see a dead squirrel. You know, but, and I had, like, just the, the nighttime. Yeah. I, I want to say, for, for when I did my first Ragnar, I just got into running, right? And so mm -hmm. I trained for, like, eight, six or eight months for Ragnar. And I still had not run, I want to say more than maybe 10 miles. If I don't even know if I'd run 10 miles straight, maybe six miles at that time. And then I went and did Ragnar. And then I came home because it taught me so much about myself of what I could do. The next day I signed up for the Bass Pro Half Marathon. So there I think- There have been so many times where I've been like, F this, I'm never doing it again. Then the next day I'm like, okay, where's the next Yeah, I'm, I, I, like, like <laughs> Like this morning when Angie posts, oh, here's here's the one in Michigan, and it's like I'm in. I don't. It was you know you're you're there. Yeah, I'm ready to do it all again.
Someone just. Okay. Hello. Hey, someone stop short without a turner. Without a signal. <laughs> Screw you, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> Toodles. <laughs> I think destination races are where it's at because yes. that's where you're just on an adventure, yep. right? You're on a complete adventure. There's a lot of unknowns. You get to see a different part of the country. Yeah. Race case was amazing. Yeah, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. That's my first destination run. Oh, really? I mean, Dogwood. Oh, that's what I But do that it. doesn't really count. Yeah. Still in Missouri, but get this is... Get out the finish line. Yeah. Get out the finish line, yes. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah we've decided that next time we Pro do tip. the Bourbon Chase, yeah. we're going to get three rooms there at the Hilton. Yeah. And that way we can put four people per room. We'll get a block of them, yeah. and then we'll just walk to and from. I mean, don't get me wrong, Rebecca did great getting the Airbnb. She did. It had everything we needed, but it would have been mm-hmm. great to walk back and forth from the room yeah, yeah. Airbnb was like 30 minutes away yeah. so yeah. one team went back and the, the back and forth and you're trying to drink and enjoy bourbon you can't be driving all over the place when you're tired no well and that you know this fact this morning that you know you pay so much for an Airbnb in extra yeah. and have to clean your own stuff yeah. no I'm, I'm I'm ready for hotels again Oh, that's spicy. So that's good. Let's do a quick AAR. Like, what were three things that, for everyone, that went really well for them? Or they had a good piece of equipment? What are three things that they would do maybe differently or improve about what they brought or the race itself? I would bring less. A lot less. Shut up down there. You be quiet. And I... All the less. Preach, sister. Preach. It was my first time. I was thinking I had to be completely prepared, but... It, um, yeah, no. She brought the kitchen sink. I did. <laughs> now, I, what what challenge is that most for you having all that extra gear? Well, what I was envisioning in my head was I was going to have this big bag, and instead of having small bags everywhere, I'd have everything in this one big bag. It'd be condensed, and I could, yeah, that was bullshit. <laughs> I was like, I'd dig something out, and then we were in a hurry, and I'd be like throwing stuff back in. It was a mess, yeah. and I would never do that when again. When you're cold and tired, it's raining, and you're trying to dig through yes. all your stuff, it just it it was, adds an it, extra challenge. It was too much to have it all in one place and, and to have so much of it. It was, no. Lesson learned. Yeah. Was it good, guys? I think... God, this is so good. I think... Thank um, you. One thing that went really well... I mean, everything... Everything went so good for me. I'm not a good one to ask about this, from, but... From the team um, captain perspective... Team captain what perspective... What frustrated you about, I guess, the planning? The planning everything? would be... What went well? What frustrated you? Or what could you improve? Or a week? I would have had maybe a couple more meetings to bring all of us together, and I would have done them virtually versus trying to get everyone in person. But that way, it would work with everyone's schedule. <laughs> so I think I would have been a little bit more flexible there, so more people could attend. So um, and I would, oh, I definitely would have had at least two runners on standby. So two runners that would have been committed and had a clear schedule and knew what they needed to pay and what they needed to do in the event of emergency and someone having to drop. Yeah. So I, I would have done that. Yeah. That's uh, good. Yeah. Cause that caused a lot of last minute. So you're probably even though, with 12 people, but even though it wouldn't have been a problem because I was under the impression and I read through the documents and the race Bible, yada, yada, but I missed, I, I kind of skipped over the part that said, you don't have to be a team of 12. I thought we had to be a team of 12. We, we, we were, you're a team of up to 12. It's preferable to have 12, right? So I thought we'd be disqualified. Now, so I was a little freaking out about that. Then when I realized we didn't have to be and the, the people that were in the van that it affected, they were willing and wanting to run more, eh, no big deal. But that's not going to always be the case, right? Well, yeah, and also if something like that happened where you had less, yeah, putting that extra slot either at the very end or the very beginning or like one of yeah. the ma- major exchanges would have yeah. been 
Yeah, Perfect. I would have definitely held off on runner assignments just because of the course oh changes, right? Yeah. So I think that I did that because I liked having my assignment early so I could train for it. So I was just thinking from my training, my first experience point of view, but maybe next time um, I'll hold off on uh, giving runner assignments, you know, a little bit later. Closer what to I the just race. heard was you volunteer to be team captain. Again. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. I eat this shit up, man. I love giving happy to people. Oh, right. mm-hmm. that's my job. life. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being patient with yeah. us because I know that we have all drove you crazy at one point or another. No, not, me. not really. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's it. What else? Anyone else have any, like, any improves from their food. own perspective? Or... Food. <laughs> yeah, for me personally, I would have, the, yeah. the food thing. Yeah. I had stomach issues. I didn't. Uh, I'm a big proponent of no nothing new on race day. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Always have stomach issues. But during our first or second <laughs> night, I can't remember which one it was, I ate some Zaxby's in a roomie for two oh, nights. no. I just didn't prepare as well as I thought I had. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm... I'm a big like I don't overpack on my mom. clothes, but I will I will pack some snacks for everybody, and it it paid off I think for us. So having one big cooler for you guys and being yes. able to fill things up, yeah. So we had one of like for us what we packed is we packed I packed triscuits because they're good in fiber and good in wheat, and then we did uh, like everything bagel hummus Angie had given at the house, so I brought it. We did peppers and bananas. I know they stunk, but we did hard boiled eggs. Smaller bags of eggs, like the little snack yeah. bags. I'm be honest with you. Yeah, yeah that we did hard boiled eggs so. and pickles. The and jerky and un- pickles. Uncrustables. Oh, yeah. God, your guys' van must have smelled beers. amazing. Oranges, <laughs> yeah, a ton of oranges. Yeah, body odor. <laughs> and just honestly, like, the ability to just pack enough food. And if you could designate one person to bring a cooler, I think that made a big difference for us. Yeah. Because we weren't we weren't trying to figure out where we were going to get food. And then I brought Ziploc bags full of, like, Skittles and gummy bears so that we had stuff on our runs and applesauce. It's going to be a while before I can eat trail mix or applesauce again. She also brought some um, LMNT. I don't want to use that brand, but any type of hydration to put in your water to give yourself, replenish your electrolytes, your potassium, your sodium, your magnesium, salt, all that stuff, right? That was really big for me because normally I do that every single day. And I, for some reason, that was the only thing that I didn't bring for myself that I always use every single day. I didn't bring any single things of ProPlay. So you having that... So that that helped me recover so much better, and I'm so glad you brought that. Yeah. Uh, and like, and like Jay or like a Craig Craig packed. I had asked him. He packed little packets of his protein, and then his carbs and creatine, and he brought them in Ziplocs. And First Form's really good about being so easily uh, dissolvable. Yeah. And so having that after that race was so helpful to start that recovery process for your body. And I like I'm super grateful that Craig brought that because that was really really helpful for us. But Honestly, I think having a hotel downtown, we talked about that, like our last night being yeah. wherever our destination is, because that was one of the things that, like for us in Van One, like we finished early, but we didn't, we weren't going to drive to the Airbnb and then come back. So we sat in our stink clothes all day. It would have been nice to be able to go maybe to a hotel, check in early, shower, change. And then when Van Two was able to finish, they could go and do the same. And you're still in that central location because it took everything in my fiber being to even drive back to downtown to Lexington. And I was like, I really don't, but we're going to go. If we were right there, I think that would have made it just convenient. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was the hard part was like trying to find a place where we could all be together. It was it was really hard. There was nothing close. There, yeah. That wasn't $1,000 a night. And I'm like, yeah. we're not paying that kind of money to speed, too, sleep like, one night. But mm-hmm. I think yeah. some go with family, too. So if we're eating with family, I can put the Yeah, that's... I say I marry up Envoy. Sure. Yeah. 
But I think too, like, so having Angie as our team captain, I think was really a great dynamic for us. She had done it before and she was willing to do, like all I had to do was send her money. Like she was willing to do that legwork stuff. Like even the, hey, let's make team shirts. Let's make them fun. I'm gonna go, we're gonna take Craig's tramp stamp. We're gonna put it on the back. We're gonna take all of our pictures. We're gonna make a logo on the back. Like, I think that was, cause it was unique. And then the ability to say like, hey, do you want me to order you a t-shirt? And put your name and your number, or the number on the back. Yes, like I would love that. Yeah. So for Angie to do that, like as our team captain, like she really took care of all the pieces that we didn't have to think about. The van directions, the runner's directions, the packets that she put in each vehicle, the bags that said, here, this is for van one, here, this is for van two. You carried your compression yeah, socks. Like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that, like, not having to worry about that made it so much easier. I'm a last minute packer. I'm not one that's gonna overpack. I said the only thing I wish I would have done different is bring an extra pair of underwear and pants. Um, but like, I packed the smallest bag and it worked for me, but to have Angie prepped with everything else because I couldn't find, at one point, like I couldn't find my headlamp. Cause you're in the thicket and you're like, I don't know where my freaking headlamp's at, but Angie's like, here, take this one. And I'm like, thank you. Cause I gotta run and I don't know where it's all at. Like that was really helpful. Now, there was, you know, some occasions when my overpacking came in handy with the, the straps. Somebody need a reading material? With the, with the, with the reflective straps and the yeah. headlamps. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you could just grab those and yeah. they, they tended to be up front or yes. close to me. And we were able to just say, here, use this one. Yes. I think I would have brought an actual pillow. I know. I talked so much shit to Craig about the pillow. I was like, really? I had a neck pillow and that was it. I would have brought an actual pillow because when we were waiting for you guys to finish, I was driving and Craig was in the front seat and then everybody was behind. I made Craig turn his pillow so that I could lay on it. Because yeah. I was like, I need a pillow right I now. I lost my pillow. And then in the very back, <laughs> yeah, he did. He kind of was like, mm. and then in the very back when I would come in and nap, I would grab Craig's pillow from the back and put it down and just be like, this is so nice. I would bring a pillow. That's my AAR. An extra pillow. You brought a pillow, but you put it in a backpack, so it was disguised. Nobody, nobody knew. I'm like, holy shit! I'm not sad that I brought that. I don't think anybody used but me are those towel size body wipes. I used it. Okay, because I every time I got the when I every time I changed, it was like a shower and a wipe, an extra large. Um, what's the brand? Ones? I don't remember. I, don't the brand. I have them from last time. They're in the yeah, they're still yeah, in and they last forever. I throw them in my um, gym bags, but it kept me like she was. She was itchy because she was oh kind of salty, itchy. and yeah. Craig, you know, stunk because you know he didn't wash his ass. But if he would have used the extra large body wipe towel that I provided. I just, I, it's really convenient because like the showers, we were lucky we got to the gym early, so I could have taken a hot shower, but the last time I remembered that there was one gym that had only cold water, I'm not about cold water at 2.30 in the morning, right? So, um, little compact things that are shareable with your whole van go a yeah. really long way. I Even if they don't use them, so you can use them yourself. I appreciated of, the smaller ones. Speaking of Craig's ass. Oh yeah. Speaking of Craig's ass. Lacey, did anyone ever tell you that his tramp stamp is actually how we knew it was you on the highway? Yes. I yes. <laughs> Running up behind we, you and we're like, oh look, there's Craig's tramp stamp. There's Lacey. Tramp That's how we knew it was one of our people. We saw it. We saw it. walking in and we saw the tramp stamp. Yeah. Let's talk about the Mexican restaurant. Let's just remind you, you missed it because you were running. We in the rain. We didn't eat. You're fine. Hey, I don't want to hear it. You guys, wherever you were taking pictures with the barrels and having fun and I was fucking miserable. <laughs> 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 that was my, that yeah, would be the, yeah. 
Like, say that you can vote for the place, Stanford, Kentucky. They were phenomenal. Their mayor, they shut down their center area. Their mayor was dressed up like Rose Waldo. They opened up businesses. They had tables of food, cookies. They're known as the cookie cookie town. Yes, that was our went. That's when we went to Zaxby's. They had... I didn't see any of that shit. They would walk up to you, Jay, and they would be like, do you need anything? Can I give you a water? Do you want a cookie? Can I bring you food? Do you want hot apple cider? Yeah. Um, I, they were phenomenal. They had a big barrel that we got to sign. We put Odla Outlaws. They played music. There was a, a dance party downtown. Like, it was such a good vibe. And they were so grateful. Like, it was it was great. Like, it was such a great town. Hey, also, with those volunteers, they were so appreciative. Like, I would take, I would give them one of our team magnets. So for Ragnar, you customize business card or whatever size magnet, but you tag each other's vans with the magnets. So I started giving them to the volunteers because it was pouring and our magnets were falling apart. And I'm like, well, I want to get rid of these, these magnets. Well, how can I do it? So I started giving them to the volunteers and they were so thankful. They were so thankful that one of them in Sanford gave me a wooden customized, that they had bourbon barrel, um, fridge magnet that they had for some of the teams there. So yeah. It was so cool. Yeah, they were nice. And even the the teams when you were running, yeah, it, like so. I know sometimes Stephanie got a little mad when they passed her, <laughs> but oh, they would be like so many. Yeah, times. oh me too. Oh, yeah. They'd be like, me "Good too. job, good job," and yeah. then like then you wanted yeah. to pass them back again sometimes. But <laughs> yeah, still, they, everyone was really nice about it. Yeah, yeah. you'd say good job, and then you'd be like, "Yes, yeah, you're totally fine." Everybody getting all these kills, and I was getting killed. I would hand off to Rebecca, and we'd hand off to Drew and be like, all right, Drew, yeah. you're up, buddy. It's time okay. for you to go. Who had the most in one run? I, I 21. That's pretty right. And then Drew I told you because I had to subtract some because two 20-year-old males passed me. No, we tied for 17 because I got 17. I say, you got 17 and they got 17. I had 23, but I took off the two that passed me. I really appreciated my four. She was like, she ran up against a 20-year-old. I got two. She's like, what's your face? And the person's like, seven to eight minutes. She's like, all right, let's do this. I got two kills and um, I got killed probably like 17 times. I only did twice, but I passed one guy back. I passed my guy. I want you to know when that girl passed me towards the end of my second leg, and I so I had it on my second leg. Yeah, so this was the highlight of my trip. This is it. So I'm running. I've been passed by like three or four. I had passed one or two, and it was hot, and it was humid, and I was running along the highway. And there's this girl, and she came up, and she kind of passed me, and then she slowed down, and I passed her again. And I could see, like, I can see them. So I'm running along, and I, and I could hear her. And we're probably, I don't know, 250 feet from the ending, maybe 250 meters, and I hear her coming up. And she went to pass me, and I was like, I am not a runner, but I have been taught to sprint like a motherfucker. Because, <laughs> oh, the fuck you're going to pass me? And I was cheek-to-cheek, forward, power athlete sprinting. Coach Todd would be so proud because I put it on. And I took off, and all of a sudden I could hear everybody screaming, and I was like, don't let her pass me! Don't let her pass me! And I did. I freaking booked it. And what I was, was like, message? Mama child. don't raise a bitch. Yeah, mama, yeah, mama didn't raise no bitch. But then, yeah. then Otto Creek raised no butch. Because <laughs> it's damn Otto Creek. It's never butch or duck. Yep. And then I had to fix it to bitch. Like, oh. But I was so, like, it was hot and humid. And I made it, like, 
second round. That was yeah. my second. See, it was so that, hot. That gave me. I, I felt like because I'm sorry, but I had some. Those that middle run with those freaking hills. I thought I am the one who hates hills. I am the person who can't stand to run a hill and will cry about it all the time. And I PR'd that sucker because I I was like, God bless it. If everybody else is gonna, I'm gonna. Good. And yeah. Uh, yeah. It was fun. I, this is definitely something yeah. that I'm like, man, what a great group of people to run a race with. Yeah. I have to say, this, this is so the first fun. race that I didn't walk any of it. Me too. First time. That was my goal. Angie's was the yes. dead. Mine was don't walk a step. Exactly. That was mine too. I was like, if I don't walk, if I don't walk, if I run at a snail's pace, I don't want to walk. So I didn't let myself walk. You know, walk. I do have one piece of advice for people. If doing the night runs, I know a lot of people are super anxious about running at night no. and they use the buddy pass because you can use the buddy pass my my advice to you is don't use the buddy pass no. run alone run at night face your fears and and I think that you'll come out on the other side feeling a lot stronger and a lot more confident yeah. I'm scared of the dark I don't stay home by myself and, and the time. I mean I the entire time on both night runs that I had there there might have been a couple times I didn't see any flashing lights from someone um, but you generally can see another runner off in the distance somewhere yeah. you know so there's there's really no need to be you know fears are real face those fears and knock them out of the fucking park yeah. yep. the only time I had a, like it was daytime my first run I didn't see a soul <laughs> and I was like I'm lost I'm in Kentucky I don't know where I'm at I'm lost and then I saw spit on the ground and I was like I am on the right track there has been a runner here <laughs> I wanted to take a quick break and invite you to an exclusive community I host called The Forge. One of my favorite proverbs is, as iron sharpens iron, so one man does another. The Forge is a mastermind, a community of men and women who are invested in their personal growth and development. They want to improve themselves, to be better husbands, to be better wives, to be better parents to their kids, to add value to their team and lead better at work, and to add more value into their community. In The Forge, I teach principles and habits of the world's highest achievers and performers. And as a group, we identify goals, develop strategies to achieve them, and hold one another accountable. We focus on improving our health, our wellness, our wealth, our relationships, and living in alignment with our purpose. We work together to focus on what truly matters and have a place where we can discuss difficult topics about life. If you're interested in learning more, go on over to www.jteags.com forward slash community. Where you can learn more about The Forge, you can learn more about my one-on-one coaching experience, sign up for the newsletter, and check out the blog while you're at it. Now back to the show. So we just finished the Bourbon Chase 2021, and we are in a van, so you might hear a lot of additional like noise, but we're in a van. During the event, we had two vehicles, so this van and the other vehicle, we're all headed back to Missouri right now. we got about a six-hour drive, and uh, the first stop is uh, Tony Parker's stop. Tony, at the last minute, came in and saved us because we had one runner at the last minute who could not be there. So as a team, we collectively thought that we're going to have to run that person's legs. But uh, graciously, his boss allowed him to to make it. And he's up in Fort Knox, so he's about 45 minutes from the start point. And he's here, and he's going to be the first drop-off. So uh, we're glad to have him here. And uh, I'm just going to ask a couple questions. And Tony, what were some of the race highlights for you? I I really like the... Everybody was together the whole time. Uh, it, it wasn't like I, you dropped me off, um, and then I saw you hours later. I, I imagined, because I didn't know what Ragnar was going to be like, that we were to have a van 
and the van was gonna drop us off at all of our points. And then at the end, we'd end up getting picked up somehow. But I like the fact that we were together the whole time, even though we weren't together. Uh, so the fact that there were still five other people in the van, um, it, it just, that was the biggest part. The fact that we had a team uh, together the whole time it was a team event, um, even though you had your own little piece that you did. So that to me was pretty neat. Yeah, so this event in particular, what's crazy about this is that, you know, we have two vans, we have six people in each leg, and we're basically living out of this van as we're, like, traversing, you know, the countryside, and it's pretty chaotic. It's, it's, you're confined, there's a lot of personalities, you're cold, you're hungry, you're wet, you're miserable. What would compel you to want to do this last minute when we throw out the APB on Facebook? So... I guess the thing that compelled me was the fact that, like you just said, I just started a new job. I moved to Fort Knox, uh, where I'm living by myself, and it was an opportunity to get out of uh, just the mundane, just the everyday, just doing the same thing. It was out of the out of the ordinary, um, and I was looking for the opportunity for something to, to change up my my pace, change up my my pattern, and this definitely changed my pattern. Yeah, that, that's what's amazing about these types of events because people are always like, "Why would you?" Why would you put yourself in a miserable situation like that? Like, why? Why, why would you do that? And I think you're, I think you're right. Like changing up the routine, it's, an, it's a sense of adventure. You really don't know what's going to happen. And that's why I love about this race is that you're so focused on the task at hand. Like, you're not thinking about anything else. And as a collective team, we're trying to maneuver through this, like, experience together, on this journey together with, with a lot of unknowns. And there was a lot of unknowns. There's certain things that we can plan for. But there was a lot of unknowns that happened during during this race. So, have you ever done anything like this before? I, uh, well, I've done two tough mutters, uh, okay. which were a little bit different, but because uh, you had breaks in between running, but that was breaks to do different types of workouts. But this was definitely a different type of exercise because you were working in between the run, uh, working to navigate through unfamiliar terrain and other drivers, other teams that were lost, uh, and, and you know unfamiliar land and you know instructions that weren't really clear uh trying to get to the next uh leg to pick up your runner you just dropped off that was a race of its own trying to find where we need to be next so that i don't know if that answers your question what, what was the most difficult moment for you most difficult moment for me accepting the the the, the invitation to come you know, on, on, on. <laughs> after after that after i realized what i was going to do i I just kind of numbly went through it and said, I'm just going to tell my body to go when it's time to go and I'll endure whatever, whatever comes. Yeah. Now, and Tony was just, uh, he's in processing, uh, he, he's in the military and you know, you, you basically went to your boss and like, I, I need to take, cause we had to do this on a Friday. Yeah, my and, first week. Yeah. Your first week, like, Hey, what, what was his reaction when you told him what you were doing? And he, he asked me, what did you just say? Because I let him know I was going to get in a van with some people and we're going to run 200 miles across the state of Kentucky. <laughs> yeah. But for us, you know, we've been doing this long enough. Like, it's not even a, I mean, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's exciting. But for most people, they look at you like you're going to the moon, right? They look at you like, what What did you just say? Like, And that's, the, that's what makes these things uh, so fun. So if you're listening and you've never done an adventure like this, you really got to get out there and do something like this because it truly is uh, an adventure. What lesson learned on this adventure could you apply to your day-to-day life? Um, that's a that's a that's a good question. <laughs> what could I do that I learned from here? Except for be prepared, you know, taking uh, a look at what you have, uh, at least the tasks in front of you, and take a moment 
to make a list, honestly, because I think that the fact that I joined this last minute, I literally found out Wednesday evening that I was doing this and, and I was departing Thursday. So I had less than 24 hours to get prepared. So I think for one of the first times in my adult life, I didn't take the list in my head. I actually wrote down the things I needed to, to bring with me. Um, and at 45 years old, I'm somebody that's always got my list in my head. My wife's always told me to write it down uh, so I don't forget things. But because I'm living on my own right now, I, I chose to take her words of wisdom and I made an actual list and crossed it off as a prepared. So I think I will continue doing uh, that a little bit more. Yeah, so just some planning, making lists, checklists, things like that, being prepared. What what piece of equipment was key for you? My mental unstable, uh, like instability, there you go. My, my instability. No, I, I, I think that the shoes for me is, is uh, I, I like Brooks. Um, I, I've tried different kinds, but um, you know, normally in the army, I run like three miles three times a week. Uh, so this is a little bit different. Um, but that that was uh, socks will be the next thing I'm going to figure out because the socks I've got are good for three miles. Uh, but when you're running, you know, more than that, and, and they're wet, uh, that's what I need to invest in is better socks. So but my shoes are my best vest. A running vest. Uh, as somebody that runs just periodically um, I, I didn't have all the gear they required like the vest with the backlight uh, and a headlamp um, I, I think I would invest in um, some night running gear um, and then a, a water wicking um, jacket that, that's a lightweight that I could stand to run in for because it got to downpour on us and that would have been nice to to be able to have on you say you're not a runner but I call it BS you've been yeah. running for years <laughs> No, but uh, you know, ha having the proper gear is it's because we're running in different conditions. Oftentimes, people are fair weather runners, but when you're running at night, you're running when it, we had some downpours and it got pretty tough, and the, the temperature drastically changed. And and, you've, and you're doing you know you're doing three legs where you might be at different times of day, and you're chafing, and you have all these different factors that you don't typically typically have. So, uh, what what advice would you give someone that wants to do a rag? Find a team uh, of people that are like-minded um, and start to do smaller events with them. So you get to know uh, if you're compatible uh, with each other. Because like you said, you're going to be in a van with them for not just the two days during the event, but the, the day before and the day after getting to and from. So uh, as you said, everybody's going to get tired, hungry, cranky, and you put uh, all that into a van. It, it can get pretty um, pretty volatile if... if you don't know each other. So get to know them, meet them, get to know them. Uh, and then you can feed off of each other's experience. And sometimes when you don't feel like going forward, it's their will to continue that makes you want to go. So you can feed off their energy. Yeah, we so we had two, basically two vans, two groups of six. And it was interesting, the mix of personalities between the vans, because one was really the extrovert van. <laughs> the other one was the introvert van. And, uh, and but each van worked collectively like really good and even as a team because during the event we were we were kind of spaced out separately we, we still as an entire group uh, worked really well but there were there were definitely especially that the i want to say the second night that second night it was only one night but it was like it felt like two nights because we stopped twice uh but it got really trying because we had some downpours we got really tired and we had never, as a collective group in our van, worked together like that. But we worked really, really well through some challenging situations. And where we saw some other teams, like people were... Having 
places here. Yeah. yeah. Look, tell us about what you saw. <laughs> At one of the transition parts, uh, there was a team that was having a meltdown, and one of the teammates was dropping dropping the f bombs to every single one of them. And I was waiting for them to have, be like, "Ha ha ha! This is funny." And there was never a moment like for us, we would drop f bombs, but it was all out of fun and games but they were serious yeah this girl was like really mad at her team and she's like f you you all effing suck and it was yeah. like halfway through the race so yeah that was I, I can't imagine the dynamic for the remainder of that race dealing with that kind of a situation yeah yeah i had my moment i had my moment when the other team came up yeah and you know, got, i basically told Jay them got, i need yeah. i need some space right now because i'm about to lose my shit yeah. <laughs> and but hey they respected it they gave me my space and i was good to go you just gotta you, you gotta be able to communicate that effectively but you're going to be challenged during events like this. I think everyone has their moment. And I had three hours of nonstop. Like I was just, my tape, my patience was tested. Now Drew's here. Drew's here. He was with the other van, and he, uh, he is an introvert, uh, and he was in the extrovert van. So Drew, we yes. apologize that that happened to you. But with that being said, uh, what were some of the race highlights for you? I, I really think it was mainly the camaraderie, yeah. um, the, the laughter. So many times, I, I mean, even during some of the stressful times, the group just started laughing over stupid things, and that brought everything back into perspective. Um, we were able to just continue on so much. It, it really is a team dynamic, and so it, being able to have a great group of friends and being able to pull in new friends, I, I think it really helped out to be just easy going and everybody just having a good time. Yeah, definitely. What was the most difficult moment for you? Um, <laughs> I think it was just the lack of sleep. Um, by that last run, I was pretty tired and ready to just say, I'm getting this over with as fast as possible because I'm tired, I'm wet, I just want to get it over with. So. Yeah. Sleep deprivation is definitely a challenge. That's what makes it, I mean, that's what makes it really challenging because you're doing this with, with limited sleep and when you do sleep like you're in a van or we were in a gym floor or we were in the park you know laying out in the grass and it's for very intermittent periods of time so it does wear you out what were your distances on your legs had a first one was a little over eight miles second one was a, a 5k and then the last one was a little over eight miles so why now you you do a lot of running and cycling and we've raced together why, why do you do these things yourself? To challenge myself, um, stay in shape. It, 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 that, that, that's the main reason. I, I have to continue to challenge myself. I got to continue to to get better in my mind to stay young. How old are you? I'm 49. 49 years old and still I get after it. It's awesome. And you're pretty damn quick. <laughs> pretty quick. Yeah. Pretty quick, old man. <laughs> what, what, what lessons learned from like this event, or just any you know from from doing these types of events? Do you apply to your day to day life? Yeah, just like Tony said, that, that's a really good question. I, I mean, I, I think um, for this one, it was really to be easy going, to go with the flow of things. What was the, the major lesson learned for for this one? Um, because there was so many different difficulties during the race um, between the handoffs the driving the different teams that were out there that weren't as friendly and things going on I think it really mattered to to be easy going to just go with the flow of things um, and, and just continue to work through 
Yeah. When you are faced with a challenge to kind of you know push through it anyway, because yes. there's always something that's unexpected that's that's going to happen. Having that teamwork there to, to help push you through and motivate you is really critical. What piece of equipment was key for you? See, for me, I, I think I've, I've worked it out over the years to be able to, to really realize, okay, I gotta have a good pair of shoes, I gotta have the right socks, I've had, uh, so I, I don't know. It, it was one of those of, I think I had everything and I had everything fairly well. Um, I wish I would have had another, some additional cold weather gear because it got a little more chilly at the end. Um, for me, it was the compression socks, I guess, that helped out the most. Um, just because I was having some leg issues before we even started this thing, and, and, and so it helped out. Yeah. No, it, it takes some time to really work out the, the experience of, of doing events like this, what you really need, and there's all sorts of different gear out there, and you can spend a lot of money, but once you've really figured out and dial it in, you know, it definitely makes it easier. And it does. It's, your experience paid off because you're probably the least sore, and yeah. probably the, you're probably the most prepared <laughs> out of all of us. Sore? <laughs> sore? sore? Yeah, yeah, not at all. <laughs> What what advice would you give someone that wanted to do a Ragnar or, or an Ultra event? Yeah, it, it really does matter on the team. Um, having a great group of friends, people that you're you're going to get along with no matter what, and uh, just enjoy it. Have a good time when you do it. Don't uh, you know stress about it. Don't worry about times. Don't worry about any of that. Just have a good time. Yeah, yeah. It, that that was the most important thing. Well, we're glad you're, you're a part of the team, and uh, it was awesome to, to have you. No, thank you, Jay. Rebecca, you're up. Oh, okay. How Hi. are you? I'm good. What was the highlight of the race for you? Kind of what everybody has said, the, the camaraderie in our van was, oh my gosh, it was through the roof. We were laughing the entire time. It was the best thing, and that's always been the thing for me for running, is yeah. the camaraderie with the group of people that I'm with. You've always been, uh, we've, we've worked together. Uh, running this past year I've been your, your running coach and that was one of the things is that one of the main reasons that you do this is for the social aspect it is so why is that so important to you and what do you find in this in in with other runners like what is special about the running community and the dynamic social because well, everybody just accepts you for exactly who you are and I'm I'm kind of because I'm older I'm and slower I'm you know tend to be hard on myself because I'm slower and nobody cares yeah. Nobody. Yeah. I'm the only one that cares. So it's just the acceptance of who I am as a person. It's awesome. There are a lot of people that I would encourage to go do a 5K or 10K or run that aren't, they say they're not runners, mm -hmm. but, and, and they're nervous about going to these events because they think that everyone is like watching them. They're so self-conscious about themselves. And I think you hit the nail on the head. Most, run, most runners or anyone in any form of these communities, they just want the people out there. They, yeah. They're just glad that you're there. They don't, yeah. They're not watching your split time or anything. Nope, they're not. So, they just want you to have fun and enjoy life like they are. It's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So why do you do these things? Again, the camaraderie, but also, I'm, you know, I'm older and I was overweight for a very long period of my life. And when I finally said, okay, that's enough of that, I got to stop sitting on my butt watching TV and eating homos all day. Um, and I used to run quite some time ago and I used to be, I was in the military. I did run and, um, I used to hate it, but then I thought, you know what? I kind of like it. It's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. And so when you get out there and I've learned to, with the training with you this year too, not just the camaraderie, I actually learned to like running by myself, which was really hard for me to do, but you know, sometimes you got to do it. Yeah. I think, you know, being in the military, 
you know, I think, yeah, Tony and Drew are in here, like, military running <laughs> versus going <laughs> totally out and doing different. it yourself, like, the military can definitely suck the fun out of everything. Yes. And so a lot of people, especially former military, and there's a lot of listeners that are, that are military and veterans, like, I don't want to run again because they just... They attribute it to, you know, those early morning PT sessions where it's just not as fun. But when you're doing it out here, like in a team environment or, I mean, even like a Saturday morning 5K, there's nothing greater than a Saturday morning where you get up. There's a lot of people out getting after it. The music, it's the, 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 the social aspect and the vibe of it. And then when you're done, still like early in the day, it just makes you feel really, really good. It does for the yeah. rest of the day. Yeah. yeah. And you get that runner's high. It's, it's running it for fun and the social aspect as opposed to because you have to or it's mandatory you know when, when things are mandatory it's not fun right <laughs> no one likes to be told what fun. to do and it's an obligation yeah. so what lesson have you learned that you could apply to your day-to-day -day life just let things go enjoy things a little more and and laugh more my god just chill the hell out <laughs> I mean sometimes at work you know I can get wrapped up in the axe handle and let things get to me but I mean we had to go through a lot of crap and deal with it and we we did it and we had fun with it and we never fought or argued or we just had fun and I want to do that yeah I was listening to uh it's gonna sound kind of silly but it's a friendship master class by Brendan Bouchard and he was talking about like you're in your friendships if you are having you have friendships and, and they can kind of go stale and one of the big pieces of advice that he gave in your friendship is having adventures, having things that uh, that are incredibly challenging that you do as a team, because there's no doubt, like from this adventure, and Amy's back there, we're going to talk to Amy in a minute. Uh, I, I never met Amy until this event, but because we've done this event together, like, you know, she's a friend, like it, you just develop a deeper connection with those around you. And then all, all of my friends that, that experienced this together, it was really cool because people that were a part of this team I'm know them from various circles whether it be work or other aspects but this is the first time that we did a similar we had a similar mission together and that that you just have that that shared experience that's deeper than just going to a restaurant and just catching up on the day-to-day -day, right like we had this like really difficult challenge that we got through together that you'll never you know that was a Friday we said it was <laughs> how many nights it was only one night but you're, we're not, you're not going to, that, that was a Friday that you're going to remember the rest of your life, you know, and we had the shared experience together. Yeah. So that was really cool. What advice would you give someone that, uh, that wants to do a Ragnar? Oh my God. Be ready for anything <laughs> because whatever you think is going to happen. Yeah, it's not, it, it, that's going to happen and other things. Just be ready to go with the flow and don't get too stressed about it. Yeah. Be flexible. Yep. What's what? Uh, what was your uh, most challenging moment? That last run, that was it was cold. It was still raining, but not quite as bad. Um, but the wind was sideways. I was not at all prepared. I didn't have something warm on, and oh, and I was cussing. The you had a you had a out. tough leg. Yeah, I did. you had eight miles, and it, it was, was what yeah. time did you start? Gosh, I don't even remember. Maybe like two or three two in the or morning. Three in the morning, a, and after two hours of sleep on a floor, and yeah, that was that that was a moment where I was going, I'm gonna quit. I'm yeah. so tired, and I don't want to do this anymore. And then you just gotta dig deep, and then I fell in a ditch. So yeah. oh, no. 
Yeah, we, we I remember. Make me laugh at myself and go get up and finish this thing. Our team was in the gym. You guys went there earlier, but yeah, we, we had a, a couple hours of downtime. I remember seeing the timestamps. We used an app called WhatsApp so we could kind of track what the other team was doing so we knew when to get to our next checkpoint. And I remember, yeah, it was raining hard and you had eight miles and you've been kind of dealing with some injury recently. I, I felt bad for you. Like, I felt like I, I knew that was going to be a tough one. Yeah. So it, w- it was the hardest one. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, great job pushing yeah. through anyway. Yeah. And that's that's the lessons learned, right? Doing these difficult things and putting yourself in these. Well, it, it comes down to this. Samiko asked me after Frog Hill. She was like, do you like to be in pain? Because I was hurting. Yeah. And I said, well, yes. Because you you have this sense of accomplishment that you've done something really freaking hard. Yeah. And I'm kind of emotional. And, and I, t- I cried when I got done through. It's like, okay. But it's just something because I had to take off five weeks after training so hard. And it just, I thought, screw it, I'm gonna do it. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad you were part of the team. I'm glad that you had that uh, experience. And, and every time we do these things, it makes us stronger. Yep. All right, Amy, I'm gonna come back to you. So I'm here with Amy. Amy Amy is, uh, she was a last minute addition. I would say last minute, a couple, yeah, what, a couple weeks notice? I had 28 notice. days to train. 28 days, yeah, 28 yeah. day notice because we'd lost uh, another member of, of the team. What compels you to do these types of events? This is not your first Ragnar, right? This is my second. I did the Bourbon Chase. That's actually how I met Angie, who was the only one I knew prior to being asked to do this event. So, so yeah, you had just, experience before. Yeah, and, and the last one was a big eye-opener for me because it was the first time I had ever done anything that intense. Uh-huh. I had done a couple half marathons, and that was it. But I just, I like to run. I just really like to run. And I get frustrated with people who are like, oh, I can't believe you run, that's no fun. And here I am, I'm like, my hip hurts, my back hurts, and like, I just wanna run. So I, I just like the feeling of, of finishing a run, really. <laughs> it's, it's, what yeah. was different about the last Ragnar versus this one? The weather. Last time it was cool, but it was beautiful. And this time the weather was terrible. I was really lucky. I didn't have rain during my runs and that made me feel sort of bad for especially the two guys on our team in in the extrovert band um, who had longer runs and solid rain. Yeah. Yeah. The conditions were definitely challenging for sure. For sure. What were some of the highlights of the race for you? I think the finish line, because that's the only time that both teams got to come together for a little bit of time. Uh, and, and, you know, everyone comes together and runs across and cheers for that last runner as they're coming around the corner. And that that's the part where the whole team really gets to finally be together again. So. What was the most difficult moment for you? Waking up at 2 a.m. on the gym floor and then having to get up and get back in the van. Yeah. It, was, it had nothing to do with running. It was the getting back in the van after all of that and getting like a two-hour nap on a floor. Yeah. Yeah, that's... The running, you know, you're sore, you're tired, and all those things. It, it's really the difficult thing of being in the wet conditions, crawling back into the van, crowded with other people. Uh, for some people, that might be more of a challenge. Than, for me, that's a big challenge, right? Being confined in, in small yeah. places with a lot of people. But when you're extremely tired, and you can see personalities among the other teams too. Like, yeah. you see, that's people's personalities come out. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. What lessons do you, from these types of events, do you apply to your day to day? Well, I always tell myself when I'm running, if I see a hill, I just say, it's a little hill, get over it. And I do the same thing just day to day. You know, any any little hiccup you have, it's temporary. So just it's just a little hill, get over it. Yeah. And kind of try to live that way. It's Everything's temporary. Everything's temporary. There's always challenges that come into your life. And, uh, 
got to push through anyway. What advice would you give someone that's thinking about doing a Ragnar? Oh, gosh. Um, I think the team is really important, but I got lucky since I had never really met anyone on this team. Uh, so, you know, like, like you guys said, finding a group of people that you are okay with being stuck with for 30 hours um, in a van <laughs> with all your stuff everywhere. Uh, and, and I also think the, the way you train going up to it, one of the biggest things for me is the nutrition piece. Just to make sure you're, you know, training your muscles, but also uh, that you're fueled. But also during the event, we were lucky that someone in our van brought like boiled eggs and we had cheese and we had, you know, healthier snacks to, to eat while we were running because you're using porta potties along the way, like the whole way. You cannot be embarrassed about it. Bring toilet paper, that's another good pointer. Um, but just making sure that your body feels good, not just your muscles, but that you're you're well fueled. Yeah, you gotta be fueled appropriately. And, and I like that you bring that up because there were moments where we didn't have porta potties and you had to do yeah. what you had to do and <laughs> changing, you know, completely bare ass naked out in front of everyone or yeah. in the van or, you know, you get very comfortable with people outside your normal day-to-day -day routine. It kind of forces you to get out of your comfort zone and do things you wouldn't typically do. What piece of equipment was key for you? My flip belt, because it holds my chapstick and my phone and a water bottle, and I, I'm totally hands-free. Because you see people running, carrying their water in their hands, or their phone in their hands, and I can't, I just cannot have something in my hands when I'm running. So flip belt is definitely my best piece of equipment. What piece of equipment did you wish you would have brought? I don't really think anything. I think I think I had everything that I would need. Are you ready? Are you ready to do another Ragnar? Would you do it again? Yeah, yeah. So I posted on Facebook last night, and one of my friends um, responded, and she's like, "Oh, I just signed up for Zion." I'm like, "If anybody drops out, let me know. I'll go." <laughs> yeah. So yeah, awesome. totally ready. That'd for be another a cool one. one. Yeah. 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 No, awesome. I, I think the and, and that was one of the wild cards when you have someone because you know most of us have never had never met you before right. and the other runner we we all knew so it was kind of like okay wild card yeah. here like what's what <laughs> how's this person going to be and uh once again just awesome that you fit in with the team really well and it was, it was awesome it so, was a good time yeah. i was i was glad to meet everybody and i'm also the only one who's in no way affiliated with the military yeah so that was a little intimidating coming in knowing that i was like oh no it was kind of like rebecca said i was worried people might be like well she's kind of slow but everyone was you know fantastic and cheering us on at every exchange every time we switched from one runner to another you know just having the whole team there was yeah. fantastic what what surprised you i guess because you you'd, you'd had that perception about being around a bunch of military folks versus what you actually experienced um gosh i don't i don't really think anything i just was nervous that you guys would like expect more than yeah. you did you were totally okay with me just being me <laughs> i think that was the cool dynamic about this whole teamwork and just we weren't really so we yeah we were tracking our kills you know for a bit and trying to there's a competitive nature but it was also in a fun way it wasn't like okay you know because I, I had poor like we weren't really in it for like trying to win the damn thing but um for people that were running were, were trying to run a little faster than others or, or whatnot we, we all supported each other no matter what so and that was the the key component of uh, of the event those kills really motivate you, though. Well, they do. Yeah, <laughs> they it do. does. <laughs> I just... Lacey. Oh, God. It's my turn. Why do you do these things? Because you make me. <laughs> I don't make you do anything. No. I do it because I like to be pushed out of my comfort zone. Yeah. 
and it's just fun. It's memorable. It's, you know, like I do a lot of my athletic stuff because I like my children to look up to me and, you know, I like to lead by example and, you know, they've gotten into the race world and they enjoy the adrenaline of it. The adrenaline's another thing. The camaraderie. You name it, I just enjoy doing it. I mean, it's it's a high. It's 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 addictive. Once you do it once, I feel like you just get hooked. What surprised you about doing a Ragnar versus the other events that you do? This is your first Ragnar, right? Yeah, it surprised me that like I put so much, I put a lot more pressure on myself because there was eleven other people depending on me to complete. You know, um, like every leg, I was like, okay, guys. It's going to be slow. I'm sorry. It's going to be slow. Like, I've just, my goal was 10 minute paces and then I'd get out there and I'm like, okay, they're waiting on me. I got to get, I just got to get this done, you know? And then I ended up running faster every single time just because I wanted to prove myself to the team and prove myself to myself. And, you know, the last leg that I ran, like my knee popped right away. And I remember y'all pulling over and seeing if I needed to DNF and I just, I couldn't do it. And I actually paced faster than that one and that was the most painful race or leg but just tough through it and I think it's just because I knew other people were depending on me yeah I noticed even for myself like when you had those moments where you just kind of wanted to quit or slow down or whatnot like okay I gotta keep pushing because someone is waiting on me like right now and the whole team has got to keep moving and the sooner we get this thing over with the sooner we can be done what was the the toughest moment for you Uh, I think when my knee popped that wasn't that wasn't fun. I mean, it was an injury, and I probably shouldn't have continued to run on it, but it, I don't know, I guess the adrenaline took over, and it just felt better. I think also, the middle of the night with the, uh, one of the course markings said something like, cross with caution, and the sign wasn't direct, you know, and so I got lost, and it sucked. <laughs> I, you know, I get pissed off, and just trying to get back, you kind of lose your bearings for a little while, just trying to figure out where you are, and how to get back on track, and it was just, it, that was frustrating. So that was pretty difficult. But. Not long after that moment earlier where I said uh, to Van One, like I needed some space because I was at my wit's end. I was legit like out of it. Like I was like, I was done. Just re- immediately after that, I went to the driver's seat, kind of passed out for a bit. And we were at the gym. I, I wasn't going to go into the gym. I just wanted to like sleep there. But Tony and, and you kind of motivated me to go to the gym and lay down. And I, I went in there and Tony got a burger for me and a pastry, I think, and then you you laid me down in there and put a little blanket on me, and I, it just meant a lot to me that you guys took care of me, because I was really, I was legit, like, done. And uh, the teamwork, so I just appreciate the teamwork aspect that you provided me, too. And hey, Tony. Yeah, yeah, Tony. Tony got him a pastry. Yeah, it was, it was nice. <laughs> what lessons learned could you apply in your day-to-day life? Oh, God. Um... Probably just go with the flow. I'm pretty go with the flow to begin with, but it just it, that that more so than any other time. You know, you just you control the controllables, and other other than that, you just gotta just get out there and do it. What piece of equipment was key for you? Um, well, I ended up borrowing a smaller waist belt because the one that I brought was really bulky. And it just wasn't good to have the bulky one. So probably the belt, and then obviously the shoes. I think that those are a given, and the socks. So, what piece of equipment did you wish you would have brought? That I wish that I would have brought. I think I brought everything that I needed. Yeah, I think I'm like Drew, where you do enough events that you kind of know what works best for you. And I think everybody's different, you know. 
it's just even funny talking about running shoes. Everybody has a preference as to what works best for them. So it's a trial and error, but I think if you get into it enough, you get familiar with what works best. Yeah. Trial and error. Trial and error. Everything you need. That's good. Yep. So as we're sitting here in the van. Well, this morning before we even filmed, like Craig was talking about Ragnar, Kentucky. Amy's back here talking about Mount Zion or the Zion National Zion National Forest. Is that what it is? National Park uh, yeah. in Utah. We just got a, a message from our team captain to, to do Michigan Grayling, Michigan Skiles. So I'm here with Amy. Amy Amy is uh, she was a last minute addition. I would say last minute. A couple, yeah, what a couple I weeks had notice? Twenty eight days to train. Twenty eight days. Yeah, twenty eight <laughs> yeah. day notice because we'd lost uh, another member of, of the team. What compels you to do these types of events? And this is not your first Ragnar, right? This is my second. I did the Bourbon Chase. That's actually how I met Angie, who was the only one I knew prior to being asked to do this event. So. So yeah, you had just, experience before. Yeah, and, and the last one was a big eye-opener for me because it was the first time I'd ever done anything that intense. Uh -huh. I had done a couple half marathons and that was it. But I just, I like to run. I just really like to run. And I get frustrated with people who are like, oh, I can't believe you run, that's no fun. And here I am, I'm like, my hip hurts, my back hurts, and like, I just want to run. So I, I just like the feeling of, of finishing a run, really. <laughs> it's, it's what the, was different about the last Ragnar versus this one? the weather last time it was cool but it was beautiful and this time the weather was terrible i was really lucky i didn't have rain during my runs and that made me feel sort of bad for especially the two guys on our team in in the extrovert band um who had longer runs and solid rain yeah, yeah. the conditions were definitely challenging for sure for sure what were some of the highlights of the race for you I think the finish line, because that's the only time that both teams got to come together for a little bit of time. Uh, and, and, you know, everyone comes together and runs across and cheers for that last runner as they're coming around the corner. And that that's the part where the whole team really gets to finally be together again. So. What was the most difficult moment for you? Waking up at 2 a.m. on the gym floor and then having to get up and get back in the van. Yeah. It, was, it had nothing to do with running. It was the getting back in the van after all of that and getting like a two-hour nap on a floor. Yeah, yeah, that's the running, you know, you're sore, you're tired and all those things. It, it's really the difficult thing of being in the wet conditions, crawling back into the van, crowded with other people. Uh, for some people, that might be more of a challenge. Than, for me, that's a big challenge, right? Being confined in, in small yeah. places with a lot of people. But when you're extremely tired, and you can see personalities among the other teams too. Like yeah. you see, that's people's personalities come out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. What lessons do you, from these types of events, do you apply to your day-to-day -day life? Well, I always tell myself when I'm running, if I see a hill, I just say, it's a little hill, get over it. And I do the same thing just day-to-day. -day. You know, any any little hiccup you have, it's temporary. So just it's just a little hill, get over it. Yeah. And kind of try to live that way. It's Everything's temporary. Everything's temporary. There's always challenges that come into your life. And, uh, you got to push through anyway. What advice would you give someone that's thinking about doing a Ragnar? Oh, gosh. Um, I think the team is really important, but I got lucky since I had never really met anyone on this team. Uh, so, you know, like, like you guys said, finding a group of people that you are okay with being stuck with for 30 hours um, in a van <laughs> with all your stuff everywhere. Uh, and, and I also think the, the way you train going up to it, one of the biggest things for me is the nutrition piece. I would say your nutrition leading up to the event 
is really important just to make sure you're you know training your muscles but also um, that you're fueled but also during the event we were lucky that someone in our van brought like boiled eggs and we had cheese and we had you know healthier snacks to, to eat while we were running because you're using porta potties along the way like the whole way you cannot be embarrassed about it bring toilet paper that's another good pointer um, but just making sure that your body feels good not just your muscles but that you're you're well fueled yeah you gotta be fueled appropriately and, and I like that you bring that up because there were moments where we didn't have porta potties and you had to do yeah. what you had to do and <laughs> changing you know completely bare ass naked out in front of everyone or yeah. in the van or you know well you get very comfortable with people outside your normal day-to-day -day routine it kind of forces you to get out of your comfort zone and do things you wouldn't typically do what was the uh, most difficult moment for you? Did I ever ask you that? Yeah, getting up off the Damn floor. Yes. You did. Oh, You're totally off your game now. What piece of equipment was key for you? My flip belt. Because it holds my chapstick and my phone and a water bottle. And I, I'm totally hands-free. Because you see people running, carrying their water in their hands, or their phone in their hands, and I can't, I just cannot have something in my hands when I'm running. So flip belt is definitely my best piece of equipment. What piece of equipment did you wish you would have brought? I don't really think anything. I think I, think I had everything that I would need. Yeah, so I posted on Facebook last night and one of my friends um, responded and she's like, oh, I just signed up for Zion. I'm like, if anybody drops out, let me know, I'll go. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, awesome. totally ready That'd for That'd be a cool one. Yeah. 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 No, awesome. I, I think the, and, and that was one of the wild cards when you have someone, because you know, most of us have never, have never met you before. Right. And the other runner, we, we all knew. So it was kind of like, okay, wild card yeah. here. Like, what's, what, <laughs> how's this person going to be? And uh, once again, just awesome that you fit in with the team really well, and it was, it was awesome. It so, was a good time. Yeah. I was I was glad to meet everybody, and I'm also the only one who's in no way affiliated with the military. Yeah. So that was a little intimidating coming in, knowing that. I was like, oh, no, it was kind of like Rebecca said. I was worried people might be like, well, she's kind of slow, but everyone was, you know, fantastic and cheering us on at every exchange. Every time we switched from one runner to another, you know, just having the whole team there was yeah. fantastic. What, what surprised you, I guess, because you, you'd, you'd had that perception about being around a bunch of military folks versus what you actually experienced? Um, gosh, I don't I don't really think anything. I just was nervous that you guys would like expect more than yeah. you did. You were totally okay with me just being me. <laughs> I think that was the cool dynamic about this whole the teamwork and just... We weren't really so... We, yeah, we were tracking our kills, you know, for a bit and trying to... There's a competitive nature but it was also in a fun way it wasn't like okay you know because I, I had poor like we weren't really in it for like trying to win the damn thing but um for people that were running were, were trying to run a little faster than others or, or whatnot we, we all supported each other no matter what so and that was the the key component of uh, of the event those kills really motivate you though well, they do yeah <laughs> they it do. does <laughs> <I> just... <laughs> I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Do Hard Things podcast and appreciate those conversations. I would love it if you would subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. I would also love to hear your comments and feedback. Please consider leaving a five-star review. It goes a long way to expanding the reach of the podcast. And DM me if you have questions or comments. Do you like the format? Because I've been experimenting with the podcast and getting a lot of great feedback, both constructive and, and, and positive. And it helps me. I always tell my kids this, like, if 
if I make something for dinner and you don't tell me if it's good or bad and it's bad, you, you know, you've had that family member, right? Where it's like they make that same dish and you're just like, oh, not again. Why? Did you tell them it sucked? Did you give them constructive criticism and feedback to make it better? Well, that's what I'm searching for here because I'll make those adjustments. I got thick skin. It's all good. It's part of your professional growth and development is you got to get some feedback. So if, uh, if you have any feedback at all, feel free to DM me. Click on the show notes. You can get in contact with me on various social media platforms. Subscribe, share, leave a review. If you want to go deeper in your personal growth and development, join The Forge, apply for one-on-one coaching, or if you want to enhance your running, I'm also a running coach, and I, that's, my, that's my passion project. So in the meantime, keep doing hard things. We will see you guys in the next episode. Bye.